Uh, I go Sammy Watkins revenge game Monday Night Football. Nice. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Mr. Smith here, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Of course, our guy Aiden at FF Aware on Twitter. All of us on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense. Neil, how are you doing tonight? Good, good. We finally get to, to do a segment of closure. Steve, coming up oh, here. Right? God, I'm going to bury it. I'm going to bury it so far down. I've been looking forward to this show like all week once we got past this topic because I knew that we finally get to just move on and talk about something else for a change. It's a great day. (laughs) It's a great day for everyone. Oh, it's beautiful. It is. It's so exciting. So with that lead in, let's go right into the uh, news here of the week. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Extra, extra, read all about it! And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Da, 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 da. Hey! Da, 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 da. Neil, I put this at the top of the news to get it out of the way and be completely done with it. Le'Veon Bell does not report officially, and it is over. Our lives are back. We no longer have to deal with the will-he-won't-he drama. We finally know that Le'Veon Bell is not reporting. So James Conner is the guy. He is currently dealing with a concussion, of course. But he is a top five back rest of the year, is he not? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's absolutely absolutely where that is. He's going to be top five. They don't even have that hard of a schedule. I got a couple clunkers in there, but I'm not. No. Expect, expect what you've been getting from James Conner rest of the season. Right, without a doubt. So... Bell's prospects going forward, I guess, then, is is the topic yeah. of discussion for him in the future. Like, what what are you thinking long-term? I know the talk has been perhaps the Colts. Uh, sure. Texans could be interested. Niners with all the money. Yeah, I mean, any be. of those tickle your fancy? We've had this conversation off air, so we can kind of keep it short. But the one thing I did want to touch on is just how bad the reporting around all of this was. Lest oh. we forget. Lest we forget. Because up until the day it happened, I had people at my office coming up to me and saying, did you see what happened? And I've, I've been telling them, I've we figured this out like two weeks ago that was going to happen. We had this whole thing about they found a loophole in the CBA and it's all turning a different direction. And I still had people as late as the day it happened saying, so what, he's going to be on the Steelers next year because they're just going to they're going to franchise tag him or gonna, they're going to just keep him. And, he, you know, or I even heard the, so that year just doesn't count then and he's just going to play for them next year. And I'm like, that's how bad the reporting's been. <laughs> There's still that much confusion up until it literally happened. Yep. So it's been it's been brutal. I'm so happy that this is over and we can all move on. And just to cl- put a bow on it with the potential landing spots, you know, as I've said, up until the Jarek McKinnon deal, I thought the 49ers just made too much sense. Because you get a dynamic playmaking running back to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to run the Shanahan offense, and it's 
It's just it just made too much sense. So with them paying Jarek McKinnon all that money, and then him going out and tearing his ACL immediately, who knows? So that might be back on the table. But they paid Jarek McKinnon a lot of money, and I don't know how much of it's guaranteed, so that's dangerous to speculate. Uh, but we also, lest we forget, lest we forget the Jets, because all of these teams that we had talked about before weren't on the table because of being in the AFC and things like yep. that. Now they kind of come back into the into the mix. So uh, Colts is an interesting one, as we've discussed, because they have the money and the inclination and the owner who would want to go out and do something like that to try and. However, I don't think they're going to do that. I think somebody is actually uh, Jim Mercedes phone for them and drafting linemen <laughs> moving forward. So, uh, hey, man, I wouldn't even put it past him to to go and play, like, for Baltimore. Just as, like, the Revenge, middle finger yeah. type thing. And if they're willing to pay him a ton of money with new ownership – or, sorry, new GM coming in after Ozzie Newsom. So just very quickly so we don't dwell on it too much longer because we've already gone too long on this. But we won't talk about it again for the rest of the year, so we might as well close it out. What do you think? What, yeah, I was trying what, to get a wrap it up here. I mean, what do you the, think? the other one that I thought was interesting, obviously I would love to see him with the Texans. Sure, yeah. Uh, Lamar Miller, only one year left on that deal, and you can buy him out for a million dollars. Dante Foreman's so, been nice, but he's been hurt. We'll get into that later. And, and again, to have Dante Foreman as a change of pace guy behind Le'Veon Bell, you can't – like – Having Le'Veon Bell fixes a lot of your issues on you that. You just got to go fix your O-line. Does it you not? You fix your O-line and you fixed a lot of your issues, especially – I mean, even with bad O-lines, he's done really well in Pittsburgh because just the threat of Le'Veon Bell draws so much attention. Right. And even when he's getting hit in the backfield, he can break free and make things happen. And if you're putting one-on-one -on -one coverage with the receivers they have out there, it's it's real tough to beat them. And then I've heard Miami giving I mean, up I've on Kenyon Drake. Jets. Just, yeah, yeah the, Jets, the Jets make the Jets sense because Powell's going to walk else. and they could get rid of Crowell. They don't Crowell even want to keep Powell and, anyway, yes, even without the something. injury. If Powell does come back, he will not be playing for the Jets. I don't know he's coming back. No, that's what I was saying. With the, with the free agency for him and then Crowell, they can get out of that deal very easily. Right. So the, the Jets uh, make a lot of they, sense. They have an opening and with there. Darnold, you get Darnold, an actual weapon. So I could see that being a – I've seen a lot of it. So as we've pointed out, basically what is that? That's 12 teams right there roughly. I mean, we could probably literally sit here and make the case for 25 NFL teams to to go out and do it. Anybody who doesn't have one of the top six or seven backs in the league, right, would theoretically be. Sure, if you're the Bears, you cut bait on Jordan Howard and go. I mean, like I said, we could literally Bell. sit here and list out every NFL team except for you have Todd Gurley or the Saints probably wouldn't do it. Like, they just don't have the money. Like, there's only a handful of teams we could dismiss, like, outright that I yeah, they don't have Kamara. Well, they've got Kamara too. You've got Saquon with yeah, the Giants. They're, they're out, out of it. it. They love Carryon Johnson in Detroit. They're out of it. Uh, Dalvin Cook is still young, injury prone. Yes, I don't think but they're going to do it. it they've got so. Latavius Murray, who I think they'll hold on to. I think they're they're relatively happy with the with that one two combo if they have to do it. Uh, the Packers love Aaron Jones. He's an in house guy, and they they've, don't have a ton of money. And so they've made it very out of clear it. what they think of him recently, how much they love him. Uh, I could see him going to Jacksonville. What I'm saying, Jacksonville. They'd pay him, and they'd cut bait yeah, on Fournette. I could literally so. go through just about every other team. The Cardinals, maybe, because they just gave all that money to David Johnson. But that will be, uh, that'll be the story of the offseason. I was going to say, that's, that's going to be so. topic one, page one. Like, that's, that's going to be the deal. Tampa Bay, by the yep, way. And we don't have to talk about it for another seven Tampa weeks. Bay. So fantastic.
Meanwhile. Oh, Neil. My heart. My heart, it hurts. Cooper Cup tears his ACL. So go ahead and pour one out. Alright, now another one. Alright, one more. Just one more. Okay. Now that our feet are soaked, Cooper Cup is gone. People, for the he's season. been pouring out just drinks in his house since Sunday. I just want you to know that. Uh, yeah, he's just he's gone much. through like it cases pretty bad of here, just so. various drinks, just pouring them down the sink. The milk was a bad choice, yes. but yeah. everything else, yeah. But Cooper Cup done. Josh Reynolds slides into that role, taking over. Look, does he become the new Cooper Cup? No. And will he consistently repeat his two touchdown performance from a few weeks back when he filled in for Cooper Cup? No. But is he worth the flyer? I mean, absolutely, right? How could he not be? The Rams' high-powered offense, they can obviously support many weapons, but the problem for his ceiling is Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. He's just not the caliber they are. He's not the caliber that Cooper Cup is. They're going to get more targets, become even more valuable, but as I said, with what a dumpster fire, hashtag dumpster fire, that the waiver wires are right now for wide receiver, it's definitely worth the shot. Yeah, no, he's absolutely uh, worth a pickup because it's just so desolate. And the Rams are one of the few teams that can actually have proven they can support three people. So third guy totally has value. It's a real next man up situation. But I agree with your take that I would not be expecting Cooper Cup level numbers, but he is definitely worth a, worth a flyer, as we say. Meanwhile... All right, some running back news to run through here, Neil. Uh, first off, Chris Thompson missed Week 10 again, and now he's likely out Week 11 as well. This is what we talked about in the preseason, is he's going to be great while he's playing, but then the injuries lurk, and that affects his value. Now with this mystery injury again, I mean, how concerned are you about Chris Thompson rest of season? Oh, very. I mean, you would have to be. This is the time of year where... Our more savvy, loyal listeners would know that we usually advocate if you're going to go Chris Thompson, you go Chris Thompson early and then you try to trade him. I mean, that's that's what it is. And I hate to I hate to be so blunt about it, but that's literally what our take from the preseason straight up was. If you're going to go Chris Thompson, take him, start him for four weeks and then trade him because you'll get the highest point of his value in return and you won't be dealing with this potential situation this time of year. So it's unfortunate because this literally is the career arc of Chris Thompson. Looks fan, looks electric, gets hurt, can't play. Comes back, looks electric, gets hurt, can't play. And it's just, I'm, I'm not only concerned about Chris Thompson rest of the season, and I think, I, I would hope that by now you've figured out some sort of backup plan if you've been riding Chris Thompson. Right. By now. If you haven't, you need to go probably do so as the standard trade deadline hasn't yet passed. If you can, you might want to look into that. Because uh, the running back waiver wire is not great, as we will. Right about continuously in the waiver wire column, it seems, every week. So how about you? I mean, for me, I'm looking to get out of Chris Thompson if I'm still holding him. And I worry about Chris Thompson, like, career, frankly. It's, I've seen We've seen this too many, this movie, a lot. Where yeah, I don't know about that far, but I know well, I'm no, certainly just, worried about what he's doing this year. And then you got AP, who gets a, a boost, in value, obviously. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then Every Capri time. Bibbs is the is the question mark. Do you trust Capri Bibbs on a weekend, week out basis if Thompson isn't? The answer playing? To that question is no. I mean, with how desperate the waivers are. Oh, you're talking about if I need a running back flyer type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, but uh, you're asking me if I feel good about it, 
And I don't think I would. Two different questions. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I get Flyer, I get yeah, it. sure. Because it's just a complete dumpster fire. Hashtag dumpster fire. Yep. So it's, it's Hashtag dumpster really fire. bad. We cannot overstate this enough, <laughs> frankly, how, yep. how bad it actually is. So Also the reason that with uh, AP out next year, why I'm still so high on Darius Geis coming back from injury. Yeah, if you play in so. a Dynasty League or some sort of Keeper League and Darius Geis has been uh, forgotten on the waiver wire, now is an excellent time to go ahead and uh, make that move yep. IRM if you have an IR slot and just ride that because, yeah, ownership's real, real low at this point. People have kind of forgotten that he was meant to be the oh, guy. guy. Donta Foreman activated from the pup list, the guy we mentioned earlier. He could be the spark that they're looking for on offense as Lamar Miller has continued to struggle this year. It's mostly due to the offensive line, but even when he's gotten good blocking, he has not looked spectacular. So, I mean, Donta Foreman we saw in spurts last year. Big plays, able to get into the end zone a few times. He's a pass catcher. He can work out of the backfield. Doesn't block very well. Doesn't run between the tackles necessarily. Still kind of raw. I think it's the blocking. Yeah, exactly. As as we talked about though, it's just it's such a barren wasteland out there on waivers that if you are desperate, it's certainly worth the flyer. A guy that could be a spark to any offense, not just the Texans. Uh, Josh Adams is going to see more carries moving forward for the Eagles. Their rookie running back has taken control with the injury-depleted backfield they've got there in Philly. He doesn't have any PPR value uh, in my mind. Like, I'm, I'm not saying he's got no value, but you know what I'm talking about. There's no targets. There's no pass A catches there, so his value is what it is. Than PPR ad. Yeah, his value is what it is. He gets the bulk of the carries and the goal line work. Of the backfield there with Smallwood and Clement, he has the best opportunity to end up in the end zone on a week-in, week-out basis, and because of that, of the three, he's the guy I trust the most, regardless of format. He hasn't had a big game yet, but the volume is certainly there. He could be added on the cheap without people noticing. I would say he's worth a stash. Would you co-sign on Yeah, that? worth the stash because the Eagles have to figure out some sort of running game if they're going to try and save their season. And I think that this might be something they Well, the last two years, they've led the league in rushing. Yeah, well, so, this year, rush they, attempts, can't, I should say. they can't run the ball effectively this year. It's causing them issues. They're having problems because they're trying to do Smallwood, Clement, and they had Sproles, and he's hurt again. and like They, they just got major issues. So I think they're going to try the, the Josh Adams does the pounding, and we're going to use Clement and Smallwood as a complimentary piece is like they're meant to be. So I like the idea of a stash, and we'll just see what it turns into. Speaking of stashing, you've got Rex Burkhead returning to practice last Thursday. I mentioned this in the waiver column. He is on IR, eligible to return week 13. So there's two aspects to this. First of all, he'll cut into James White's role. So he does have flex value late in the season. If you're running back desperate, you're looking for a stash yourself. But also, this is a caution to James White owners. Because of what I just talked about there, Rex Burkhead is also going to play in to the occasional carries and pass catches that James White gets, which currently he's had that role all to himself. Remember when we talked about this at the beginning of the year, I talked about, I don't really want any of them, but if I want one of the three, I want Burkhead, because he's the guy that does both. Yeah, and they trust him to do both. Sony Michelle's the guy that just runs, and James White's the guy that just catches passes. And Rex Burkhead catches passes and runs, and he mixes in and out of the lineup constantly. 
So he's the guy I trust the most of the three of them. For a time too. That's how versatile he is. Yeah. So if uh, if he comes back at full strength, which it appears he will in week thirteen, Sony Michelle still has his role. James White still has his. I think Burkhead has a ton of upside because people aren't going to be catching on to it. But James White's been a monster. He's been a top ten running back this season in PPR because of the pass catching and the way he's used in that offense. And when that volume starts to dwindle because of Rex Burkhead returning, it's going to be uh, too late to back out of it at that point. If you've been relying on James White at this point, it has certainly helped you for sure. But if the waiver or if the uh, trade deadline, I should say, I'm sorry, has not passed yet, I would be exploring how to sell high on James White. Shop him around. Yeah. See what people are willing to give you. He's a top 10 back right now. You can get some solid value if you can get an RB2 and a wide receiver for uh for the value that he is right now with a I mean he's an RB1 so I'd have to think he'd get If I could get a range, really right? solid wide receiver, if I could get, you know, a top 5 wide receiver, probably not going to be able to get that necessarily, but if I could get a really good wide receiver and even like a flyer uh, type replacement level running back, depending on how the rest of my running backs shake out. I can see doing that deal too. It just depends on how, as we always say, how your team is actually constructed and what you would need. But I completely agree. Yeah, like right James now, White James White is uh, number eight. He is at the ceiling yeah. of what James White is capable of doing because they don't want James White, the Patriots, don't want James White to have to do this load because they know, as well as everybody else knows, the reason why they don't give James White this load is because he's going to get hurt eventually. He can't, like, he's not necessarily physically built to just take a full game's worth of pounding. That's part of And they also just like to mix it up by philosophy. So they don't, they don't want one guy. That's why even with it, when it's just him, they were still running Sony Michelle in and out of there to do the heavy lifting with the running game. They don't want him doing that. It's a, so I'd get rid of him if I could and see if I could get right near the tippy top. Like you're yeah, like, okay. So here's a good example. Um, the number eight, right now running back is James White. So if I could sell James White and get back, say, Joe Mixon and Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks, one of those guys, like a back-end top 10 wide receiver and like a top 20 running back in Mixon. And I think rest of season, Mixon's value goes up. Uh, Maybe you could buy in on Leonard Fournette uh, as part of that, see if you can get basically swap top 10 running backs if someone's down on Fournette and the injury problems the he's dream had would be all to year. package him and something else from your team to try and get something like Melvin Gordon because you just well yeah but then I, I guess I see yeah you're bamboozling someone to improve uh, their running yep. back yes sir because I don't think you would, what you would need to add to James White would be I think you'd be talking about a depth player so I think you're talking about like James White and something else that's on your bench that you're probably not using a whole lot of if you've got a well-constructed team, it, so basically, you try yeah, and get I Melvin Gordon out of it. So you're hoping, you're hoping that like the Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey owner has a hole at wide receiver, yeah. and you could trade a wide receiver two and James, and White, James White to improve, to improve running, running back. back. Yeah, and and, and ultimately you're not losing. And I'm not that losing much, hardly anything, but I get solidity at my running back core in theory. So it's like that's. That's the kind of move that I would also entertain. Yeah, I could see that. It depends, like you said, roster, roster construction. construction. As always. Same thing. I could make the argument for doing it to get Zach Ertz. Like if if I have a if I might if, if you feel like you're strong, my team's balling, yeah. 
if I'm balling out of control and James White's like, I could get James White and something else to somebody who owns Zach Ertz, and that's the last piece I need, I could see doing that too. Yeah, if you've got five or six usable wide receivers and you can get rid of one and, I've and got some James other White backs to that I feel improve okay about, at like, running back. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't have a ton of running back depth, but you have great wide receiver depth. Yeah. And then you go out and you trade one of your running back or one of your wideouts and James White to get, like you said, Barkley, Gordon, Hunt, one of those big guys that can really help you depending on other roster construction. And then the reverse of that is if I have some decent running back depth and I have no wide receivers. I go out and I trade James White, and I get a decent wide receiver and a running back to replace him if I need two pieces instead of just one. So I can just trade out of James White into some sort of either upgrade, or if I need to spread it around, I can do that too. So it's, I think it's time. I think I think I I think we're on the same mind of this, which is where we've seen that this is effectively the ceiling for James White, and it's probably time to get that off your team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, at J- Joe Mixon and James White basically going to be the same player that when Rex Burkhead comes back in the playoff weeks. So, if you can swap that out, I feel really good uh, about that. Philip also, Lindsay. Keep, yeah, I Nick would love Chubb, some Philip Lindsay. Guys in that uh, also, I would just point out, too, that Rex Burkhead will be coming in on fresh legs. So, a lot of times I've seen this in the past yeah. where guys come back from an injury at this time of the year and they come back, everybody else is kind of beat up, and they're more or less fresh. So all of a sudden they look they look even faster because they haven't taken all those pound all the poundings. So I'm a little nervous that when Rex Burkhead comes back he flashes and then all of a sudden it's like oh look he's got an expanded workload. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it affects Sony Michelle as much no. because he hasn't been great. Sony Michelle more or less has the job and, that he uh, has, which is to basically right, be the running just, back it is what it is. and yep. be Legarrette Blunt. Like do the yep. Legarrette Blunt job and try and be better at it than Legarrette Blunt was. Run straight forward and try to keep your head up. And if you can knock somebody out of your way and pick up some additional yards, go ahead and feel free to do that. Meanwhile, and some wide receiver hot hitters here for you, Neil. Uh, Randall Cobb not traveling with the team will miss his game again tomorrow night against Seattle. MVS still the dude, right? Last week, make it hesitate nope. or still, still the, the guy. guy, right? Not worried about it. Yeah, I, not worried that. about it. Uh, Dez, ugh, yeah. spent all that time talking about Dez last week, so Pour of course out. he comes out and tears his ACL. That was... Pour one out. I My appreciated God. them doing the X. The X touchdown celebration was classy, I thought, from Kamara and Ingram. Might have been Michael Thomas. I forget exactly who, but when they scored last yeah. week, they were throwing up the X, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I almost feel like going straight from playing Madden to running routes doesn't work. Yeah, yeah there seems to be a growing uh, amount weird. of evidence to uh to support that several several pieces players have done that uh but with him tearing his acl they went out and signed the ghost of brandon marshall to replace him so brandon marshall may accidentally back into the playoffs here neil for the first time in his career how about that the the whole key here was he had to not be on the team all season to make the playoffs that was the key to success who knew uh, so you look, you look at who Brandon Marshall is, his size, his speed, his athleticism, his hands. It's the same thing. I feel the same way about Brandon Marshall. I did about Des. He's going to get looks underneath. He's going to get volume. We saw what he did in Seattle. He still has 
something left in the tank. And in that Saints high-powered offense, he should still produce. Is he going to be a huge asset? No. But can he be a wide receiver three, a fringe wide receiver two? If they give him the volume, then yeah, absolutely. Well, so what's your take on, on Brandon Marshall? Rest well, season? what's funny about it is is that I've actually seen Brandon Marshall play football more recently than I've seen Des Bryant play football. Because uh-huh. he actually, as for those of you who will get in the Wayback Machine with me and go back to the beginning of the season, Brandon Marshall was on the Seahawks. <laughs> and he actually looked competent for a time. And uh, he just looks a l- slower than, frankly, than the Brandon Marshall that I remember from the heyday of it. But Well, he's never been a no, burner. No, but he looks slower than that. So what I would say is the <laughs> he was slower than his even speed from a few years ago, which wasn't particularly groundbreaking. But he's got those hands. That's And so what I think they're going to do is what they wanted Des Bryant to do. Go run that – go run eight yards and turn around. And Drew Brees is going to blast the football at yeah. you as hard as he can, and I need you to catch it. Can do. That's what I think they're going to ask They wanted to do. Dez, so, and now they want Brandon Marshall to do what Jimmy Graham did yeah, for them. Go run eight yards and turn around, and I'm going to throw a football yep, at you. Don't have to be fast. Just I be a just big body in the red and zone and, just and catch the ball. And just get in front of the corner and just catch it and just accept the idea that you're going to get popped a couple times in the process of this. So it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be particularly sexy. It's just, it is what it is. He's going to grind it out for them because they need somebody to do that. Because as much as I like Traquan Smith as a prospect, he just doesn't look like he's there. He, he just, he looks like a rookie. Like it's, it, it's not, he's not quite on the, and they, and they don't need that right now. They need people that are like able to do it. So I'm a little nervous about Brandon Marshall in the beginning because he's going to have to really learn what they want him to do. However, if literally all they're going to ask him to do is run eight yards and turn around, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that shouldn't take a whole lot of. You think he could yeah, do that, right? So I feel like he's going to have some level value, but yeah, I'm looking at like wide receiver three, the low end of it to flex ish territory. Hmm. He's worth a look. I mean, he's worth a look. If he gets you more than that, I would say I'd be a little surprised, but he's on the, the fringes of it. He's right there. He's on the radar again. He has to be considered because he's actually playing. So, and again, as we referenced before, as you you pointed out, wide receiver is not great right now on most waiver wires. Right. So, I mean, I'm willing to take a flyer on this if I was wide receiver desperate. Uh, Sammy Watkins expects to return for Monday Night Football against the Rams. He'd love to get some revenge on his former team. He had a strong year otherwise, so... Should be good to have him back in your lineup uh, after missing last week. So Sammy Watkins back out on the field against the Rams. Revenge game? Huh? Isaiah Crowell revenge game? <sighs> well, I'm playing against Sammy Watkins more than likely if he's playing in, in one of our most chairs. Oh, yeah, there you go. So he's going to just put up a 45. So it's a uh, – God, I've already got a playoff spot. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, that game moved to L.A. For those of you who have not been paying attention the last couple days for various reasons. Uh, that game no longer going to be played in Mexico City. And, uh, yeah, if Sammy Watkins... Uh, here's a follow-up question on that. Was that a home game for the Rams yes, anyway? Yes, and that's why it got moved to L.A., okay. part of the reason. All right, I've, I, I figured that was the case, but I just want to yep. make sure. Part of the reason. they There was a home game for the Rams that they were going to miss, and the league gave it back to them because they couldn't play in Mexico City. So, yeah. uh, if Sammy Watkins is playing for the Chiefs, he's probably playing for you. That's something. Having a good year. Yep. As much as we dog on Sammy Watkins. 
Well, we dog on him because of the injuries. So now let's just hope this isn't a recurring thing. Yeah, for him. I mean, because he's been like you said, we started it with. He's had value. He's been good. I mean, when he's out there. Uh, Marvin Jones dealing with a bone bruise, which is great news for the Lions. Oh yeah, because they need they crazy as that. They're sounds. so deep at wide receiver. Well, their initial fear was an MCL or even an ACL tear. So bone bruise they will take, no doubt about that. The real story though is. Why hasn't the Tate trade helped Jones and Galladay, Neil, like we all thought it would? Oh, I mean, that's a real question. The Lions own line. It's terrible. They, they, just no they time. They can't keep Stafford upright. Like, that's why the last two weeks, Stafford's been sacked like 15 times. He just, he just keeps getting plastered over and over and over again. The Lions today put TJ Lang, one of their best linemen, on IR. Lost another one. So they're playing with like the B team of linemen that wasn't a deep line to begin with. And everybody also too factor in, they were playing the Bears pass rush and the Vikings pass rush. That ain't great. So if you have a bad O line, right. I mean, you're just going to get popped over and over. So I think better days are ahead here because Stop! he's already dead. Actual sound of that Bears game. Actual sound. <laughs> it's they, the Bears crushed him in a way that I feel like it exercised some demons in Chicago. God, it, it, people were real happy to not watch the Lions put up a 40 against them, which is what they've seen happen in the past. So it's a, uh, to me, better days are going to have to be ahead here because they're not going to play those defenses every week, banged up line and all. Uh, you don't love the Jones thing, though, because then if, if it's just Galladay, and it is, by the way, if you look at their actual depth chart at this point because they traded Tate, they're just going to bracket cover Kenny Galladay. Every defense in the league will come to that conclusion, where it's like they have one good receiver, and they have no tight end, and they have one good running back, Carryon <laughs> Johnson. And that's their whole team. So we'll take away Carryon yep. Johnson, and we'll take away Kenny Galladay. So I don't like that. If Marvin Jones is playing, at least there's three people, so you have to spread it out. Uh, and their line will have to get a little bit better. But – it, it really does put a damper for me on both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones a little bit, seeing how bad their O-line is, which maybe explains why they're kind of selling on the season. Maybe they knew that before everyone else. By the way, I wanted to ask you on this, because I know at one point you were Mr. NIU and Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Same thoughts? Different thoughts? Same thoughts. Same player. Tough matchups. Yeah. So. And Marvin Jones is Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. If he's playing, it's the same, it's the same yeah, thing. It's, it's a 12 yeah, or it's a It's 30, an 8 five. or a 20. Yeah, yeah. it's it's... Yeah. That's all it is. It's it's the same guy every year. So, all right, I feel. There you all go. right, make sure you uh, check out Daily Awareness. Shout out to Aiden, of course, once again at FF Aware. Good, good input last week. Appreciate everything he does. If you play daily, if you're on DraftKings, FanDuel, what have you, Aiden giving you the advice for what you need on a week to week basis for your DFS. Yeah, uh, well, you owe him a bunch of money, so. I right, well, all the yeah. Cuts that the. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. May I play devil's advocate for a moment? It's time for some devil's advocate. Who the devil are you? Debating the topics. There's still one thing that doesn't make sense. The community is talking about. Now, what were we talking about? <laughs> All right. It's back. It's back. Devil's Advocate. 
heading into week 11. Three topics today. First on the chopping block, Seattle RBs. What do? Topic the first. Topic the first. What do? What do? It's a very, it's, it's a true three-headed monster at this point is what, is what we know is that there's Chris Carson, Mike Davis has been, you would think too good to just completely recede into the shadows. And, uh, Rashad Penny, the first round pick looked better the last few weeks, not on the Eddie Lacy health plan anymore. Uh, I mean, get your together. It appears that he has. So the big topic, what do, if I have Chris Carson, he's been hurt. What are we doing? And so, this this breaks down a number of different ways, but the first argument, look, Chris Carson is the guy. If 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 Chris Carson is playing, he's been too good. They're not going to go away from him. He knows the offense the best. He's the veteran. And if he's not healthy and he's at, or sorry, if he is healthy and he's playing for the Seahawks, he's playing for you. He's the only one that you should be really reliably counting on. And if you wanted to add Rashad Penny as some sort of handcuff or something. Feel free. Mike Davis, as soon as Chris Carson is, is back in the lineup, Mike Davis goes back to being Mike Davis, which is just drinking that, uh, I imagine green, uh, on the sideline. Teal. Teal of some kind. Yeah. Dark blue or green or teal. Something like that. And, uh, just drinking that on the sideline. And we just go right back to the way things were. It's Chris Carson and he looks like he's going to play this week. So go right back to that. That's the, that's the Seattle RB you want to have, uh, for as long as he's healthy enough to play. And so I'll let Steve do the counterpoint to that argument. So the counter to that is Rashad Penny. And he's the guy that we talked about in the beginning of the year where, again, what's today's date, Neil? November the 14th. And we talked about it in the beginning of the season. Chris Carson's the guy you're going to want through November. And Rashad Penny is the guy I want in December. Because eventually he's going to take the role over and it's going to be his it's it's going to be his backfield. Now, in the meantime, Mike Davis certainly has value. So, I would add Mike Davis because he's going to continue to get some run. I know Chris Carson is just sitting there going Who do you think you are? because it's the same thing, but Mike Davis does have roles on that offense. He's got the he's a, an intricate he's part a of that three way monster. better pass catcher than I ever thought possible. Like, right. way better pass catcher than either Chris Carson or what I've seen from Rashad Penny. Just there, Mike Davis has emerged yes. as the guy who can catch the ball. Which, by the way, did not see that coming. So I'll admit that right nope. there. That that caught me off guard when Mike Davis had seven receptions two weeks ago. I'm like, what? What? Like, how? So that's a that's a whole other. But there, but that's it. That's all it is right there is the rookie running back, I think, eventually takes this job over in December and then he's the guy you want. Now, short term, Mike Davis is a guy I really like. And I agree with you. Chris Carson is a guy I actually like because short term, he's going to have value. Long term, he'll still have value. It's just in a PPR format, I think eventually it's Penny. And there are a lot of formats out there right now. A lot of leagues where Rashad Penny is just hanging out on the waiver well, wire. We, and if you've got Chris Carson, you can couple them together. the penny drops as to why we're doing this topic. Because if you want to add Rashad Penny on a flyer, I feel like now, as we've pointed out, and we'll get into real analysis now, those are the arguments. So real analysis, uh, for me, it is a bit of a cluster. There's three. They've all kind of emerged 
in their own way to prove that they have value, which is kind of frustrating for us fantasy folks. But what I would say is we did talk about this very much as you laid it out in the preseason. We were actually, by the not to completely brag, but we were actually ahead of the game. We were a month ahead of the curve on Chris Carson is the guy I want here. And Penny is the guy I want in December. Because mm-hmm. NFL speaking, just NFL-wise, he's the first-round pick. He's the guy they want to get involved. What muddies that is Pete Carroll sending you up texts all over the place and just going crazy. So that's what... The wild card that we didn't see was coming Mike, Mike Davis. Davis. That, that's for yeah, sure. The Mike Davis thing clouds it even further. Because who would have thought Mike Davis would actually... Like, I've, we saw him have value periodically with the Niners, but I never saw him catch seven passes in a game that that's new that's a different thing he could catch a little bit but i've I've never seen him catch seven who knows maybe that's the most i'll ever catch in his career but for me they all kind of have value but for the short term i i think you and i see this eye to eye short term i want carson i think davis is probably still rosterable because we'll see and if he's starting especially davis had value he had like an 18 ppr formats last week he was good and then down for the stretch run and down, I think Penny's worth picking up off waivers. Stash it, see what he turns into. Because at some point, we have to figure they're going to hand yeah, the I reins mean, on. You can go back and check the tape on it. And we said this literally, I'm almost certain it's a word-for-word cut from our preseason analysis of the Seahawks. But it's, I want Chris Carson now because the person that drafted Rashad Penny is going to pay way too which high of a did, price for it. Which they did. That, he was, his ADP was insane. And by midseason, they'll cut yep. him, and then I'll pick him up off of waivers, and I'll own them both. And then I'll finally and get what I And then in December, when the changing of the guard happens, I will have the yep. guy. And I will just flip them. And there yep. it is. It's the same thing, except now Mike Davis is a thing. However. Now, Chris Carson is 85% owned, Mike Davis 48, and Rashad Penny only 27 so Davis and Penny still very widely available out there on waivers. And Davis is the one who might end up odd man out here. We'll see. But he might just take that CJ Procise role that's existed for right. them in the past. And that's the other thing. It's like so, neither Penny nor Carson seem to be able to do that job. And neither can CJ Procise and McKissick's son for the year. So somebody should do it. It might just break out that way. We'll have to see what it kind of blends into over the next couple of weeks with all three of them being healthy. That's that'll be the test. But yeah, it pretty much is a word for word cut from our preseason analysis on this. So loyal listeners who have been banking on the Seattle backfield, which actually hasn't been terrible against all odds. <laughs> uh, uh, you're probably already set. So move on topic. The second Latavius Murray do what do and there's really this is this is kind of a, a much simpler one because we're just talking about one guy. As we all know, Dalvin Cook came back, looked great, as we expect Dalvin Cook to do. He Cook, I mean, he's really talented. Talent is not the issue. Health is. And so Latavius Murray has actually looked great. He's coming off three 20 point performances in PPR the last three weeks. He's just he's looked better than even in the, when he flashed with the Raiders originally. He's he they've got, they've kind of seemed to sort the O line out a little bit there in Minnesota. And the offense seems to finally be kind of clicking towards what people had predicted it would turn into. So for me, there's two ways to look at this. It's cut Murray, hold Murray, and there's a couple other weird scenarios, but it's either just cut or drop. And 
the one argument, which I'll just lay out, you want to you want to hold on to Latavius Murray because Latavius Murray is just he's looked too good and running back is too bad. And we all know Dalvin Cook is at this point just an injury time bomb waiting to happen. So you really just want to hang on to him. I know you can't play him and it's probably frustrating that you can't play him. But regardless, you just probably want to just save the end of your bench for Latavius Murray. And I'll let Steve do the the other argument to this. Look, you've had uh, Dalvin Cook all season. That that's the key, right? Is it's a Dalvin Cook owner because if you're just somebody who has Latavius Murray to have Latavius Murray, I don't know how much value there's actually there. It's it's kind of the idea of Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is a great one. You're holding Spencer Ware on your bench because, hey, if Kareem Hunt goes down, we've seen Spencer Ware be successful, and the volume is certainly going to be there for him to be a top 10 guy. That's obviously true, but at the same time, do I really want to waste a roster spot on a guy that's not doing anything for me unless someone else happens to get hurt? So... I'm willing to cut Latavius Murray and just let him go unless I'm a Delvin Cook owner. All right. And so, by the way, just to put a fine point on it, the real analysis for this is Latavius Murray is the rare, in this point, 2018 fantasy football landscape actual handcuff. He's been too far above replacement level that if I own Delvin Cook, that I can cut him. However, if I have just been rostering Latavius Murray – because he's been playing and I'm running back desperate and my team is just rotating RB2s, I probably don't need to hold Latavius Murray right now and I probably need to go out there and uh, figure out some sort of solution off the waiver wire or trade or something. Uh, and if if that happens and Latavius Murray is cut, if you are a Dalvin Cook owner who has not been rostering Latavius Murray, now is the time of season where you need to probably go and make that adjustment. So that's... This is a weird one, too, because since Dalvin Cook's been hurt most of the year, if you are a guy who owns Latavius Murray, or gal, who owns Latavius Murray, and you don't own Dalvin Cook, the Dalvin Cook owner has probably been struggling, you would think, right? Well, I would think that they... At this point, they either have someone... Well, I'm saying they've either figured it out and have someone, so they're you won the Philip seven and three, in week six one. and four. Right. They 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 had something that's worked, and they've survived without Dalvin Cook, so they don't need to make a Latavius Murray move because they know they can survive without him. Or they desperately need Latavius Murray because their team has struggled without. Dalvin Cook playing, and now they're four and six, three and seven, and they don't care to add Murray because their season's over. It's a weird scenario where you really should have moved on this weeks ago, and at this point, it might be too little, too late. It might be, but as a pure handcuff, if I can just go pick him up off waivers because he's being dumped pretty hard in rosters right now, yeah, and I'm gonna go mm-hmm. do it. That's that's the greater takeaway. Sure. Is if I've owned Dalvin Cook to this point and I've survived. I'm just saying, Dalvin. as a Murray owner, if you don't own Cook. I would normally advise you to go trade well, with the Cook owner. Yeah, and that. Well, but then now you might I don't know if that's even possible. You might be able to do it. It is possible. It's it's just it. it to your point, it's not as easy as the layup that it should be. Uh, final topic. Topic the third. Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, rest of season. My God, it lit the internet on fire. And I'm gonna let Steve go on a soapbox here, so I'm gonna go ahead and just do. 
Eric Ebron, welcome to the league. All it took was getting out of Detroit. I mean, it, look how involved he is. All the touchdowns, all the production, just finally developing into the player that that everybody thought he could be. All it took was getting out of Detroit, who is completely inept at trying to develop and manage players, it appears. And that's why both Barry Sanders and uh, Calvin Johnson retired on you. Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> Take it away, Steve. I know you got a whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, Eric Ebron scored 12 touchdowns in his entire Lions career across three seasons, and he has scored 10 so far this year with the Colts. It's just an insane, insane uh, touchdown rate that is completely unsustainable. And Jack Doyle, again, look, last week, Eric Ebron, three touchdowns, huge week, right? He had three targets, caught all of them, two of them for touchdowns, and he had one carry for a rushing, a rushing touchdown, touchdown on an end around. <laughs> so the production level is absolutely unsustainable. Meanwhile, Jack Doyle just dominated him in terms of routes run and snaps taken. He's on the field a significant amount more than Eric Ebron. Eventually, that will turn Doyle's direction. We saw it just uh, before the bye. People forget about it because it was their bye. But remember, Jack Doyle in his first game back had 6 for 70 and a touchdown in Week 8 against Oakland. And then coming out of the bye against Jacksonville in a tough matchup, he had a ton of routes, 3 for 36, and then everything just went to Ebron for really no reason. It's kind of a coin flip on a week-to-week basis, but with Jack Doyle, your downside is 3 for 36. And with Eric Ebron, your downside is yep. 0. A literal 0. All right, we're going to... Pivot into because real. he doesn't catch his three targets. I point out that that was all real, and now we're going to pivot into real analysis, which is I completely <laughs> co-sign Eric Ebron's touchdown rate is completely unsustainable. No one can do that. He had a rushing touchdown, for God's sake. All you people on the Fantasy Life app, oh, got to trade for Eric Ebron and give up Travis Kelsey because he's the new second coming. No, no, stop it, stop it, St- stop it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. You, <laughs> it. Eric Ebron may never have another rushing touchdown the rest of his career. Do you understand me? Like, that, that that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, and I don't know that it'll ever happen again. You want to sit here and make the argument to me that, that they're going to build that into the playbook? Fine. I mean, okay. But I've watched the Colts for years, as you know, Steve. Let me tell you something about the Colts. Jack Doyle is Andrew Luck's whoopee. Security blanket, whatever you want to call it, pacifier. That's that is his boy. I have never I, I, I listen to Andrew Lux. I listen to Andrew Luck every week. Talk about all the his book club, which is adorable, by the way, his his whole deal. It's it's all adorable. And he loves Jack Doyle like a brother. It is. There is no way with the amount of chemistry those two have that I am going to sit here and hear like, no, it's going to all go to Eric Ebron. No. What I think is more likely to happen is they both have value and it's kind of a coin flip week to week. But the floor on Jack Doyle, as you point out, is a six moving forward. The floor on Eric Ebron is a zero. Eric Ebron may actually weirdly have the higher ceiling, but he is never going to stop throwing the ball to Jack Doyle. And also, just to point out, have you seen the Colts receivers? It's T.Y. Hilton and the Pips, and the Pips are hurt. Like, it's, right. the Pips are out there playing in, playing in the cast. Like, it's, it's super bad. So I think they actually both have value moving forward. They're both going to be rosterable because they're going to throw the ball. That's the Reich 
method for not getting Andrew Luck killed behind that O-line is I need you to snap the ball. You have three seconds. Throw the ball. That's it. We're not doing it. And just let them run around and make plays for you. That's all we're going to do. It's a total total different mindset from what the Colts used to do with hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, take a deep shot. They're not doing that anymore. It's just quick out, quick out, quick out. So because of that, I think they both have value. They're both going to see red zone targets, and they're both rosterable and playable. It's just if you're talking to me about Eric Ebron is going to be repeating last week's performance for you weekly, I have a bridge in New York I'd like to sell you. That That's insane. It's completely insane. And you can get off my lawn with it. Like that with Eric Ebron. Oh. Anyway, I'm sorry. That turned into my get off my lawn. That turned into a giant Colts rant. But it had to be said. Had to be. All right, Neil, let's get through some start sits here. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you. Trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. Is that a fish you trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! 30. 30-year-olds 30 are shady, Neil. Start sit, courtesy of the Fantasy Life app. We kick Thank it God, off with something like we kind of discussed. Alright. Uh, flex in a standard scoring league. Chris Carson on Thursday at home against the Pack, or Philip Lindsay. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Standard scoring. Yeah, I, you heard me. Still Philip. Still Philip Lindsay. Lindsay. Because my issue with it is Philip. Okay, even in a standard league, the floor for Philip Lindsay is about a nine or a ten, and I don't know what the floor is for Chris Carson right now. Not overly concerned. Royce Freeman's going to play. It just means Devontae Booker will play less. Right. So I'm I I go Philip Lindsay. You feel free if you want to go Chris Carson. You're you. To be honest with you, I don't know that you can make this decision wrong. I feel like yeah, it's, it's the, just it's the Spider Philip Lindsay meme. with the PPR. It's the Spider Man oh. meme in a standard league. I feel like it's it's the Spider Man meme. You're right. It's the Spider Man meme in a P, in a standard league. Like it's same thing. Oh right, yeah. Last three games, if you take away PPR, Philip Lindsay still at a fifteen point six, a seventeen point two, and an eight point four. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go Lindsay. All right. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Calvin Ridley, or Sammy Watkins, PPR flex? It's between T.Y. Hilton and Sammy Watkins. And I also feel like that's the Spider-Man meme. Uh, I go Sammy Watkins revenge game Monday Night Football. Nice. That's a good call. Um, Let's see. Yeah, Colts are tough, so I don't really want T.Y. Titans are tough. They're... And then... They're playing the Titans. Yeah. That's it's look, I'm not And then Atlanta's a tough matchup with the Cowboys. T. Y. Hilton. That's the they Yep, I'm with you. I I want want Sammy Watkins revenge game. Against the Rams revenge game. In a game that I think it's fifty two to forty eight. Alright, that's the uh, PPR, Lamar Miller, Anthony Miller, Chris Carson, or Tyler Lockett. One of them for a flex. PPR league. I go lock it. Yeah, he's the uh, if you only need one type deal. <clears throat> Depends on what you need. I go lock it if I if I need upside because it's a twenty waiting to happen. If he just gets one one good one, uh, you might take a four though. But the other uh, the second choice to that, if I needed consistency, I I, I 
But inconsistency, I guess I go. It's not really yeah, I don't really like any list. of them other like, than Tyler Lockett. I go Tyler Lockett. So, yeah, Tyler Lockett on Thursday. Yep. Uh, PPR: Chris Carson or Jalen Richard? Carson. It's got to be Richard. I think it's got to be Richard against the Cardinals. Oh, that's right. It's that stupid card. Yeah. I changed PPR. my answer. I apologize, yeah. Richard. It's the Cardinals. Yeah. Richard Cardinals. Yeah, do that. Uh, looking to add depth for the playoffs. Full point PPR. Pick up Rashad Penny or Royce Freeman. I think that's Penny and not close as we discussed before. <sighs> as much as I hate to agree with it, yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm going. Yep. Preseason darling. Now he's waiver wire fodder. That's why you don't pay? People are paying six round pick. Get out of here. You get off my lawn with that. That that is that's that's absurd. Get off my lawn. Do I start Aaron Jones at flex on Thursday or wait to see if James Conner clears the concussion protocol? 12-team PPR, and I don't have an option at flex if Conner can't go. So you're just bragging? <laughs> My team is awesome. I get it. My team is I get the question. Uh, I, I, I have to imagine that you wait until the last second to make this decision, and you hope like crazy. That Connor gets cleared tomorrow on, or, uh, yeah, Thursday during the day, that there's some sort of bulletin that comes across saying, but I feel like if you have no other option and you don't know, you probably end up playing Aaron Jones. And the good news is that it's a drop off, admittedly, but it's not that big of a drop off. I think that's a fun question, too. If James Connor doesn't play and Le'Veon Bell has not shown up, who do you play for the Steelers? Not Steven. Jalen Samuel? Not Steven Ridley. Whatever the answer is, it isn't Stephen Ridley. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> All right. Flex PPR, Aaron Jones or Emmanuel Sanders? Flex PPR, Aaron Jones, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. I go Emmanuel. Uh, flex standard scoring, Josh Reynolds or Golden Tate? Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds because Tate, his entire, val- or his entire uh, value is based on volume. I, I so, just don't. I just want, I, I at least know what Josh Reynolds is going to do. I have no fucking... I have no clue what Golden Tate will no do either. Don't, don't I have get no expletive-deleted clue what Golden Tate's going to do for you. I would rather... If Golden Tate is only going to do three catches a game for 40 yards, I'd rather have really, Josh Reynolds. Yeah, I'll just take Josh Reynolds on the off chance he gets in the end zone. Delvin Cook or Carrion Johnson, half-point PPR? Well, that's a great... That's a hard dilemma. I go Delvin Cook with you. But that's a, that's an actual question. And it's the Bears' defense too, but they're just going to have to use it, him so much in that game. I just game still think that, that there's an off chance that Dalvin Cook at some point is going to bust some sort of 70-yard rush. And what you're banking on with Carryon Johnson, although it is the superior matchup, you're banking on with Carryon uh, Johnson that the whole offense runs through him again. And it's entirely possible that it will, but I just don't know that I fully trust Carryon Johnson yet. Maybe I'm just not quite there yet. He's getting better. Spin the tight end wheel, Neil. Jeff Hireman, Kyle Rudolph, or Ricky Seals-Jones? PPR. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph is the guy on that list I want the least. I know. I I was aware of that. I just don't want to play Ricky Seals-Jones. So really you're asking me if I want to play Kyle Rudolph or uh, what was my other option? Jeff Hireman. Yeah, Jeff Hireman, which I've been on record as. Good luck with that. Like... Jeff Hireman, maybe. I mean, I, I don't view Jeff Hireman as, like, something I really want to invest in. So I'll let you take the floor on that because I'm going to go the safe play with Rudolph and hope he gets it. I think it's – yeah, I, I have no interest in Kyle Rudolph. I think it's close between Seals-Jones and Hireman based on 
this week, you would think it's Ricky Seals-Jones. You know what? I'm going to go upside. I'm going to play Jeff Hireman. I'm going to go Jeff All right, Hireman. we split that one. He, see, it, he seems to be the guy, for whatever reason, that took a lot of the Demarius volume. Yeah. Well, they've been trying to I don't to know get why in, that okay, is. I can tell you why. If you really want to get into Broncos country, I'll go quickly. I don't. No, but we're going to go quick. Bro- they've wanted Jeff Hireman to be good for two years, and he's been hurt and terrible. A mix of both. And last week, the, the week he went off, the week before last, because of the bye, he finally put together the game that John Elway has been promising for the entirety of the three years that, that Hireman's been here. He was a draft pick. Like, I just want to see it again before I'm ready to buy into it. I wrote that, that much in the waiver column. So please feel free to blast off from there because I, I – well, let's go to the next question. Yeah, I'm going to take the shot. I'll take the shot. Uh, Ravens defense versus Cincinnati, Chargers defense versus Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chargers. Yeah, I go Chargers too. Uh, flex play, Jack Doyle against Tennessee or MVS against Seattle on Thursday. Full point PPR. Gotta be yeah, MVS. Yeah, MVS. Right? I go MVS here. It's a tougher matchup for Doyle. It, it is. He's gonna get value. Well, it's but also, it's I like matchup. MVS's role better. Uh, all MVS has to do at some point is get behind the Seattle secondary. And your whole day will be paid off. Standard scoring, rest of season, Nick Chubb or, or James White? <laughs> Nick Chubb, Chubb, right? Yeah. God. Chubb. I yeah. love the question because it's kind of a callback to what we were talking about before. And then uh, also non-PPR, standard scoring, uh, who would you have rest of season, Aaron Jones or Sony Michelle? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones as well. All right. That's it, Neil. Wrapped it up. Another Put good a little week bow on it. in the books. Next week, of course, we have the traditional Tuesday show, as we've done the last couple of years because of uh, Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. So getting it out a little bit early because of the holiday. Hopefully getting it out early next week because of the holiday. I say hopefully I will be traveling. I will be on the road. So it will be a live on location show. We've got a real next Griswold week, family vacation thing planned. General Which listeners. will be uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna all. Oh my God, that's it's gonna be an it's adventure. gonna be fun. He's got the wife and two sub ten year olds in the car driving. It's a real like look. I'm gonna be out there. I'm gonna have my la- I, this is all on a laptop that I do this anyway. Uh, and I'm gonna because of everything I have to do for all of our leagues and stuff anyway. Uh, I'm gonna bring literally every piece of equipment I have with me. Just. Because I kind of have to, to get stuff done next week. And we'll see what happens. I still don't know where I'm going to be recording from. If I can get it to work properly to record wherever we are. So, uh, it's going to be interesting, to say the absolute least. But, what kind of... uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try, people. Just for you. 2012 Kia Sorento driver's seat. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you know, <laughs> if there's no uh, podcast next week, I tried. And you know what? We're making a real effort <laughs> so, here. Uh, yes. But if we do not talk to you next week because of technical difficulties, we will, as we've pointed out, be endeavoring to do so. We hope to do the week of Thanksgiving show. Uh, if other arrangements cannot be made, which is also a possibility we will explore if an emergency is to happen, uh, what we will do is we will just wish you a happy and safe Thanksgiving now, just in case. Yeah, pre-wish you the just holiday, in case, just in case. Something and then... falls apart. But we will be doing... See you potentially in two weeks, yeah. but hopefully next if, week. With, if everybody. everything goes according to plan, and if the, all the backup plans to that plan don't fail, we will see you next week. If not, have a great Thanksgiving. And until then, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week.
Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosebeer, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.